everybody. Want to welcome you to this edition of Bible News Radio. Uh, I'm really glad that you're here with me today. You know, I haven't done a show in a few weeks, and I'm glad that you have uh, clicked on that button. And I really hope that you take the time to listen to what we're going to talk about today. Because today I have a man who is kind of like an unsung hero, I think. Um, there's a lot of people out there who work with people that a lot of people would never even venture in a million years to work with. Um, there's a lot of godly people out there who are trying to expose the truth about things in our culture that people are celebrating when really there's death attached to it. You know, there's a scripture and I don't know the citation, but, but it says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end is death, right? Um, the irony is that people like to glorify death, <laughs> but when death actually happens, then people get upset. So, um, so today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to John Euler. Did I say that right? I did. You're dead. You're dead. Yeah, I should have practiced ahead of time. <laughs> fine. Anyway, fine. Uh, who is a licensed professional counselor? I mean, he works with uh, sex- sexual predators. Actually, he. But he also exposes what's happening in the kind of in the unseen underbelly of the transgender world and uh, as well as some other stuff. So uh, today what we're going to talk about is what he does, how he exposes it, what the truth is, maybe about like pornography, just as an example. Um, And, you know, other lighthearted stuff like that. (laughs) So anyway, anyway, hey, I just first of all, I want to say welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Um, Thank you, Stacey. It's a pleasure yeah. to be with you. Thank you. Well, okay. So before we get into the dark underworld of what you do, why don't you tell us a little bit about like who you are and how the heck you got involved with, with this? Cause it takes, I think it takes a special person to be able to, to work with, with people that most people want to kill and, or, you know, the, the topic that you look at, it's just so, yeah dark yeah well ironically um depending upon who you would be talking to uh, some don't know that i actually uh, am a full-time therapist (laughs) so to my clients today most of them don't know what i do in the other half of my life which is tackling issues related to the protection of women and children so by day i'm a full-time therapist i have between 30 to 35 clients per week on my off hours I, I do my website, survivorsupport.net. I have a podcast Friday evenings called Journey to Healing, which is nice for me because I deal with just counseling topics. But then I was pulled into what I do on my off hours, which is really full-time as well, dealing with issues of what I call the trans deception, battling other issues, uh, which are all connected. And I kind of came by this late in the game because uh, my background is working with uh, sexual abuse survivors, along with the full continuum of mental health issues, but sexual abuse survivors, kids in the system, and then 11 years on psych staff from the Pennsylvania Department of Correction, dealing with um, the full continuum of offenders, but also sex offenders, headed up one of the state's uh, standalone high-intensity sex offender treatment programs for sexually violent predators, and then uh, they flew Robert Hare out, so I'm certified in the Hare Psychopathy 
checklist, a specialized evaluation. I've done hundreds of those. So by the time I decided to retire after 11 years from the Department of Corrections and started churchprotect.org, that's my training site, but then I wanted emphasis ultimately to be on how best to help and support survivors. So survivorsupport.net was born. It was really pulled into and awakened to the issue of what we all know as the trans movement. And I didn't know that was a thing. <laughs> Uh, we had homeschooled, and um, I guess I had been sheltered by that, being steeped in a forensic world in prison. And uh, little by little became aware that there's this thing going on. Well, fortunately, because my work with kids in the system, prior to being recruited to start the nation's first intensive treatment program, long-term solitary confinement through the prison system, uh, I had been working with, I had my own adolescent, uh, 12-bed adolescent female group home. So if you want to find out anything true about the adolescent population, work with kids that are removed from the home, they, not, they have no filters, so that will not only tell you about yourself, what they think about you, but that you'll know what's going on in youth culture. Yeah. So I can tell people, 100% guaranteed, prior to the year 2005, trans was non-existent. It didn't exist. So let you know this thing and how I share in order to help people understand and grapple with, because now it's ubiquitous. People believe trans is a thing. As a matter of fact, you can also almost be banned for saying that. But that shows you how effective the brainwashing has been. Oh, it yeah. is a contrived term and concept that has been so brilliantly marketed that now we've come to believe it. And so I tell people that prior to the year 2005, this thing didn't exist. So you have an entire world now out there that is targeting kids that are vulnerable and that are now gender confused, that have mental health issues. They may not start out with mental health issues, but by the time you really have two populations, you have the young kids that are being targeted through narcissistic mothers and those that have uh, severe personality disorders, Munchausen syndrome by proxy now, but it's really a delusional disorder because as every cult knows, and that's a little bit about my background as well, working with people that have manipulated others, and that's what a cult leader really is, Yeah, that cult leaders and manipulators, predators, white-collar psychopaths and others, the one thing they all have in common is they have no conscience. So the working definition of a psychopath, and there's two different kinds, the kind that we all think of, that's the bloody kind, but there's what's called a white-collar psychopath. Robert here coined that phrase, and where do you find them? You find them in finance, you find them in politics, you find them in law, you find them in law enforcement, you find them in psychology, you find them in the ministry, education, um, athletic, everywhere. Okay, So a psychopath yeah. is simply this, somebody that has no conscience, so if you have no conscience, and how do you reach that point? You have violated it. It's Romans chapter one, a reprobate mind, which precedes sexuality, if you're going to layer that. So a reprobate mind is a metallurgy term. Uh, the word reprobate, it means it's no longer used for, useful for its intended purpose. So therefore, where our mind was intended for us to love people and use things, the more someone gets into self, now they're violating their conscience, because as ego grows, my conscience will be trying to keep that in check. If I don't listen to that, I violate it. Therefore, I will lose empathy and I will lose remorse. 
Now I'm a psychopath. Those are the three key parts of psychopathy. Now I have a reprobate mind. It's now inverted. Instead of loving people and using things, I will now use people and love things. So I can be a financial predator. I'm going after your wallet. I can be a sexual predator. I'm going after your body. I can be any uh, power control, you name it. Uh, usually a combination of things. And so within the world of predation, and that's now an area that I focus on because I understand sexual predators. I currently am a certified sex offender treatment provider, but I'm also a certified trauma professional. The reason I bring that up is there is a misnomer that sophisticated uh, pedophiles have been traumatized themselves and they are reenacting their own abuse upon the age of their chosen the age range of their chosen victim, that is a lie. That is not true. That is an urban myth that's been put out there by sloppy uh, researchers. I have so, heard that, actually. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we all think of child on child. Well, eventually, those kids are going to be found out. They're going to come to the attention of people. And um, they. it won't be hard to be able to discern that because by the time they're 18, they're either on, they have a, history of being on juvenile probation, meaning people understand about them. But how do you get to a point where you're age 30 or 40, you're finally busted, and everybody, including the neighbors, say, including the church members, not him, it couldn't be him. Okay, That's not an impulsive, low-functioning, socially awkward individual. Yeah. So a, a sophisticated white-collar psychopath are those that do not have abuse in their background. They simply became uniquely selfish and gave themselves permission to override their conscience. And you layer that with pornography. 100% of sex offenses, by the way, Mm -hmm. 100% are perpetrated by people that are deeply steeped in porn as far as men prior to offense. So the common denominator among all sex offenses is pornography. 100% of child offenders are busted with child porn. About 98% will also be uh, charged with the dissemination or distribution of pornography as well. And it's child rape pornography. So these are individuals that have overridden their conscience and they have now found the most convenient way of accessing vulnerable kids that are confused because now they can cross their boundaries because now they're being highly sexualized. And we call that the trans movement, which targets about four populations of kids. This is my concern. Um, a recent study, I would have assumed about 80%. A recent study came out showing that 85% of the kids that are within the trans movement have had their sexual boundaries crossed, actually sexually perpetrated upon. Then you also have um, kids on the autism spectrum. You have kids that are currently being influenced by social media. That's a social contagion. And then those that are currently being groomed. What does a perpetrator need in order to uh, accomplish what he or she wants to do? So cult leader, manipulators, uh, sociopaths, psychopaths, anybody. Well, since they don't have a conscience, they're not going to stop themselves. The only thing left to stop them is the intended target of opportunity. Well, the mechanism that that person has in order to protect their boundaries is called their intuition. Conscience and intuition has entailed the same coin. They maintain boundaries. But if I'm not going to maintain a boundary, that means if I don't have a conscience, the only thing left to stop me then from perpetrating, from transgressing, is the other person. And that has to be their intuition. 
because the more sophisticated someone is, the less there's going to be definitive information for your left brain to tell you, oh, I think they're working me. So it has to be your right brain. So every every perpetrator, manipulator, sociopath, right? what they're going to do is they're going to get you to discount and distrust the one mechanism that can tell you, it's really reality testing, which is your intuition. And so they will convey to you in one way or another, I know what it looks like, but it's really not that. So the most... So the more they can get the intended target of opportunity to discount the most blatant of things, they know they have them. And what's more basic, and we all used to use the term, you know, this is like as basic as biology 101. So to be able to get people to drink the Kool-Aid, you have to be able to get them to pick up where you left off saying, I know what it looks like, but it's really not that because an outsider will come along and say, I think there's cyanide in that Kool-Aid. You're in Jonestown, and this is kind of sketchy. That's where the term drink the Kool-Aid comes from. Yeah. And then Jim Jones knows that he has me when I actually tell the outsider, well, I know what it looks like, but it's really not that. So now I'm, I'm using the same term. That means I'm in the cult. I'm firmly in the cult. And so if I then start using the term born in the wrong body, clinically, we call that a delusion. Someone who is out of touch with reality can look reality straight in the face and say, I know what it looks like, but it's really not that. So the trans deception is predicated upon two things. It's predicated upon selling a delusion, and it's predicated upon ultimately uh, the DSM-5, their new definition, which introduced this entire ruse. So I say it's the dirty dozen plus one, 12 individuals plus the one overseeing it. Zucker and uh, Blanchard, and without the DSM-5, which was published in 2013, transgender medical services, which bases their billing upon transgender service or transgender, there's no uh, diagnostic criteria for that, by the way. So we have massive insurance fraud going on. But without without the publishing of the DSM-5 in 2013, you would not have the trans movement, because there would be no ability to be reimbursed for puberty blockers across sex hormones or surgeries. So what I've challenged the 12 individuals plus one of the DSM-5, since they can clearly see they've opened a Pandora's box and created a Frankenstein's monster with all this, where, where normal kids are having their breasts whacked off and, and being castrated, sterilized and amputated, it's time they stand up and say, I think we made a mistake. Let's go back to the criteria of the DSM-4. They won't do that. You look at the stats of referrals to gender clinics, and whether France or New Zealand or Australia or England through Tavistock or in the U.S., 2013 is the, is the bottom of the tidal wave that starts to then go straight up. And the question is, because that's not a trend, a trend gradually progresses upward. This is a skyrocket. So that is man-made. And the only time you have that is it's either a pandemic or brilliant marketing. Yeah. So 2013 unleashed all of this and it's man-made and it's very dangerous because it leaves kids susceptible then to financial predators and sexual predators. I will say, and I don't think you and me have talked about this. So let me tell you something. Um, I know, I know everything you're saying is absolutely 100% true. 
because not only have I looked at how they've marketed homosexuality to America and all the other crap that goes with it, but I went to a conference. It was called SESCAL, and I can't remember what that stands for, but it was down in San Diego, and it had to be at least 10 years ago. Maybe it was 2012. It was around that time because it was before I moved here, and maybe it was 2011. It was before I moved to Tennessee because I was in California. And um, I went as a spy. There were, um, I think it was Stuart Milk, who was the nephew of Harvey Milk, you know, the famous predator. I met him. That's right. Um, Chastity Bono, a.k.a. Chaz. She was there speaking, a.k.a. He was there. She was speaking there. Um, so that was one thing. But there was a panel. This is what got me. And I've talked about this before. So if you've heard this already, you're going to hear I have it. not. So there was a panel and the panel at this thing, uh, they, they, the guy, and it was a man, it was a man who, it was a man therapist because this was a therapist conference. Um, the man that spoke at this actually was a transgender guy. Okay. He pretended to be a woman. And he got up in front of everybody and there was this panel they had brought in a couple with their child. I don't remember. I think it was a girl. I can't remember, but they were like 10 or something. The girl was, and this man, this transgender therapist was basically saying, you know what? We are going, we're upset right now because we can't get doctors to give the hormones to people like this kid. And the parents were up there decrying this whole thing. And anyway, I'm sitting there as a spy, right? And I'm like in the very back. <laughs> and I'm like listening to this guy talk about how they're going to market this and what their, their whole plan is. And I raised my hand and asked them a question. And I, and I said, I said, I, have a, I just have a question, you know, because we're all therapists here. How are you going to explain away all the research that has to do with child and human development. Okay. And this is what this guy told me. He said, come up to me afterwards and we'll talk. But the short answer is we just make up our own research. There you go. Peer reviewed. Yeah. You get this little circle of uh, academics that have been in academia. Right. They haven't worked around predators. They haven't worked around survivors. But see, what people don't understand, you get this, is, you know, there's all this research. Like way back in the day, Dr. Dobson and other people were trying to expose all this stuff going on. And when the APA got overtaken by this, by these people, they just started suppressing all this other stuff. Right. And so it's like North came about um, a while back. You know, those are those are the ones who have been branded as, you know, praying away the gay or whatever, which is such a line of crap because you, because you have, you know, all therapy has changed, right? I mean, all therapy. If, and if you go to, just to note people, if you decide to go to therapy with no intention to change, then don't go to therapy. Then you're just wasting your money. The whole point of going to therapy is so you can change. So, but yeah, it drives me crazy because there there is a complete agenda there and the APA is bought and paid for. It, it's just the political arm of the gay lobby. 
Um, and I actually know liberals in the field who don't like the APA. So it's not just me as a conservative, but um, the the kids were, were intentionally targeted. And you actually, though, yeah. you have some videos that you've done. And, and I have to say they're very well done. <laughs> very graphic. I appreciate it. Yeah. But, and it's interesting. We call it graphic. I simply show, and this is one of my contentions. You know, that's like therapy. What I What I say is this. Therapy, uh, the job of the therapist is not to convert anybody because that's silly. Who's going right. to do that, right? We all have enough challenge living our own lives. Like we tell someone you should live my life, right? Now, right. the goal of therapy is to assess for safety, number one, which includes we are mandated reporters. And this anti-conversion therapy legislation, it's a predator's dream because what, is it, what it does is it causes a therapist to have to ignore what used to be the red flags, and still are, quite frankly, of, of sexual abuse. There's nine clear red flag indicators. But if I know, if I get close to something, so a child, the, the number one thing that any therapist used to understand, if you have a teenager that comes in or a middle school kid that comes in and says, oh, let's say a girl, she says, I don't want to be a girl. I wish I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. A young child that usually is because one is being favored over the other or something like that, or parroting with the parents said. Okay. Yeah. But if you have a kid that is now reaching puberty, puberty and above, and sits in front of you, if you're a teacher, take note, if you're a doctor, if you have a young, if you have a minor, age 12 and up, that sits in front of you and says, I hate being a girl, if she's a girl, I wish I was a boy. You're halfway educated and competent. The very first thought that goes through your mind is somebody's perping on this kid. Yep. Because kids then naturally conclude, the very first thing they conclude is actually two things. If they're being perped on, so like any rape victim, it must be my fault. Okay, that tends to be the very first thing. The second is, if I wasn't who I am, I wouldn't be targeted. And most molestation, most abuse takes place with somebody that knows the kid has regular access. And so they're concluding that it's because I'm a girl that he continues to molest me. Uh, One of the key red flag indicators or dissociation, you have trauma then going on. Um, Anybody that's worked with trauma abuse survivors, they tend to understand And now IFS, internal family systems has come along and it's very helpful because it talks in terms of trauma will tend to create as it were parts. Well, if there's a part that doesn't like being a girl, and that part is going to look at his or her body and say, I don't like my breasts. Why? Because the breasts are attracting the abuse, supposedly in the mind of the young person. So I need to cut them off. I don't identify with my body. I don't identify with being a female. Well, now you have many, many kids. You look at a lot of the pictures at these transgender medical Nazi-like doctors that are exploiting these kids. You look at a lot of the pictures that they themselves post. The doctors yeah. post these things like trophies. Oftentimes, you're going to see, you're going to see the scarring from self-injurious behaviors, the cutting. And these doctors who are supposed to examine the patient mm-hmm. can clearly see evidence of severe cutting but they'll yeah. go ahead and they will still operate. They'll still slice the breasts off these, these girls instead of sending them for counseling. That's sick. That yeah. is malpractice. That is so unethical. I can't believe it. Yet nobody's saying anything because the trans movement and this anti-conversion therapy 
which says this, if mm-hmm. my kid is going down a certain track and if anybody dissuades them through how, how about this? Normal therapy is about values clarification. Are these your values? Are you, is this, does this resonate with you or is this being self-imposed? Well, every cult knows that once you have a, once you have this kid, the recruitment and retention is you've got to create an us versus them. So think about the trans movement does. It pits them against the family. Right. And so they even call themselves a family or a community or a movement, but it's usually yep. the community. And so they have to make sure that they limit. So a cult is, is characterized by two things primarily. One is top down. So you have somebody that's influencing the rest and it, it, it pits them against the other or against family, but then it limits information. And that's how you, how you do that also is you create the us versus them. So you become very antagonistic to any outsider and you have to make sure that nobody gets a hold of this kid to be able to help the kid think clearly really deep programming and so the yeah. last thing these these activists want and a lot of them are targeting foster kids so they become foster parents they get these wounded troubled kids any kid goes into the foster care system he's wounded in one way or another so they know they have to get the kid counseling and they want to get the kid counseling so let's say they want to fast track these kids down onto the conveyor belt of trans because it is a conveyor belt. It starts with social transitioning. The end that it's going to dump the kids off, the first is sterilization through puberty blockers. Then it's going to be ultimately, we're going to start amputating body parts. People need to understand the trans movement is a conveyor belt. And a lot of people are going to be making money and accessing the bodies of these kids. And so the way to capture kids' heart and mind is you you touch their sex and sexuality, now you have them for life. Every cult understands that. So a, a perpetrator or a predator or somebody that's going to manipulate this kid doesn't want anybody helping the kid to begin to think clearly. And so a foster parent, uh, a, an unethical foster parent, somebody that's agenda-driven that is trying to convert the kid, they got the kid now in their foster home, they take the kid to counseling. Don't tell me on the ride home. That there isn't going to be the question. So what did you and the therapist talk about? The adult who is nefarious is now is going to find out, did the therapist say certain magic words such as, well, how do you feel about that? So now that adult can make a complaint to the licensing board that they're trying to change his child. Why? Because they didn't give him a script or they didn't give him a referral right away to a, um, to a medical doctor. So by virtue of that, you're trying to convert this child. So it's a misnomer. By the way, yeah. Now uh, you've said a lot, and I can relate personally to a lot of that, actually. So they're they're. Oh my gosh, we got like twenty minutes, John. Okay, uh, yeah, so, I know. All right, so. Oh gosh. Okay, Stacy, let, let me add this other to engage the audience a little bit more. I want to share two other points that they need to understand. This is all part of what I call the predator agenda. You really have. And if somebody goes on and watches a video I put together called Understanding the Trans, uh, the trans Movement, okay, I, I, I take all this information and it's pretty compressed in there, but it, it, I highlight it more. People need to understand you've really got two entities. There's a lot of special interests that are all feeding off the carcasses of these poor kids, so to speak. There's a lot of different, but you have um, those that are going to make money. So we have uh, medical practitioners, big pharma. 
Um, Anybody that's going to make money off these kids and then anybody that's, and that's also marketing. We have online stuff. So it's, um, they are financially driven or sexually driven. And that's where you get Soji uh, sex ed in school. So you're going to sexualize these kids. Why? Because they're easier targets for sexual predators. So the two, you can really take all the special interests and lump them into one of two categories, sometimes both, which is um, financial predation and sexual predation. Financial predators, sexual predators. My biggest concern are the sexual predators. I want to give um, Jen Billick a plug for if somebody wants to follow the money, nobody's done a better job than Jennifer Billick in her blog, the 11th hour blog. If you want to trace the money trail, it's out. It's astounding who has been funneling millions and millions of dollars into this movement to influence um, school, the medical schools and uh, legislation. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. My concern is the predation part. I'm certainly concerned about kids getting sterilized and, and, and amputated. Uh, that's what I post a lot about. But the predation, predators ultimately... Um, if a man becomes deviant, deviance is different than lust because deviance is well beyond lust. Lust has nothing to do with hormones, has nothing to do with attraction. It's all about a man getting off on having a negative effect upon somebody, scarring the soul, scarring the mind, leaving, leaving a lasting negative impression, putting a millstone around somebody's neck. That's why Jesus said, you better go put that around your neck rather than you put that around the neck of a child. That's going to scandalize, stumble over. So they're looking to do an end run on the age of consent. The way you do that is you eventually introduce the idea of bodily autonomy. You get these kids to be able to make their own decisions. COVID was a classic end run as well. So predators, ultimately, who you have driving this this thing, and it's the great Trojan horse, are ultimately pedophiles. Because men left to themselves, steeped in porn, they will eventually get into, they all start with adult porn. They will eventually get into what's called barely legal if they don't back out at that point. Now they're going younger in terms of age. Also, partway through, they get into bestiality, by the way. Now it's called zoophilia. Parents need to watch out for it. You see the term zoophilia, understand it is bestiality. And if you've ever seen men in leather that dressed up as pop play, what do you think they're introducing 100%? And sex offenders know it. That's how I learned this information. And plus, the movement called furries is extremely dangerous, just like drag queen story hour, a little bit different. But when you can mask your identity, perpetrators love that because now it's easy target and you're introducing deviance. You are overcoming sexual boundaries and furries, which is a big mascot like costume, Mm -hmm. hides 100% of the identity of the adult in there that parents are handing their kids to. Um, I first heard about furries from the sec- from the pedophiles, extremely deviant pedophiles. Two other ways that the perpetrators are using to access women and children are um, they're getting on sports teams. So men in women's sports, it's not about the medals. It's about accessing the locker rooms and showers with their cell phones, just like what happened in Wee Spa, breaking down the boundaries. When you see anybody dressing as the opposite sex, taking pictures of themselves, preening in the mirror and posting it on Facebook. Do you see women that are dressed as men taking photos of themselves in restrooms? Or do we typically, and we only see, I've only seen this, it's men dressed as women taking taking photos of themselves, smiling, 
putting on Facebook. Why don't we see any women who are now passing as men taking photographs of themselves in washroom or restrooms? Why don't we see that? Because women don't want to be noticed. They just want to pass as a guy. It's Stevens. These guys, and the public needs to understand this, half the fun of being a psychopath is it's game theory. You're toying with people. You're getting over it. It's in broad daylight. You're playing good people for fools. Whenever you see any of these guys dressed as women, taking a picture of themselves, look at the smile on their face. It's a trophy yeah. because they're in. And now they can begin to take photographs. It's all about toying and traumatizing with women. That's exactly why they're going on sports teams. They're breaking down the boundaries now. The, so it relates because it's all driven by perps. Because now they can do, and this is what they're all laughing at. Uh, they're Behind the scenes, they're laughing all the way to the bank because now they can do, and the door thrown wide open to the, to the showers and locker rooms, they would have gotten arrested once upon a time. So the perpetrators love this. It's not about swimming on swim teams. It's about going in the locker room. That's what it's all about. The other thing is men in women's prisons. It's the same thing. And I've just done an interview. I'm going to be publishing it soon. No regular, I'll use the term trans guy, no legitimate trans guy wants to go to a female prison. Why? Because they're safe in male prisons. Why? Because it's drug and alcohol lifestyle. They're usually busted in prostitution. They are safe. They're both safe in terms of custody and control. And there's a degree, strangely enough, of respect among other inmates. And they get all sorts of attention. It's the deviant guys. 50%, give or take, have sex offenses. They've been charged. They've been convicted. The other half, I guarantee you, nobody's taking me up on this offer. Here it is. 100%. 100% of all the guys that are requesting to go into a female prison, identifying as female, 100% will have charges. I looked it up. And I challenge any country or any state. You want to debate me about this? Let's do it. You invite me to do a deep dive into your forensic files, and I will show you 100% that every man that's trying to get into a female prison has been charged with some sort of sex-related offense, charges. They are a danger to women. Why are these men walking around now in these gay pride parades saying, kill TERFs? If there's an existential threat, it is not the fact that Planned Parenthood is being shut down or limited in their services. Plus, they're the number one service of transgender medical stuff where they are turning boys into girls and girls into boys and sterilizing these girls. Okay, What they're all about is this. Men, the, the deviant men that have become predatorial, that have become pedophiles, know that they've used women to the extent that they can. They don't need them any longer. And now the women are serving a hindrance. Why? Because women are the last bastion of protection. Sad to say, men should be. But mama bears will still protect kids. Yes. That's why they have to get rid of the women. So whenever you have this guy saying, kill turfs, I can guarantee you one thing. He's a porn-fueled deviant guy, and he's accessing barely legal and below on, on the internet, if not on the dark web. That's why they hate women. And people need to understand these are all connected. So the trans deception, men being sent in women's prison and men in women's sports, behind it is an agenda. 
And people better wake up because the men that I work with sex offender treatment cannot believe that the public is swallowing this whole thing, pardon the pun. So, okay, clarify one thing for me because I didn't understand. What are they saying? They're saying kill what? Oh, oh, there's a term and it's really out in England. Okay. Okay, in Europe. It's called TERF, trans-exclusionary radical feminists. These are feminists. These are women who have said men shouldn't be in women's private spaces. Okay. And so as a slur, the deviant men, right? No man thinks it's reasonable to put on women's underwear and drag unless he's deeply steeped in porn first, 100%. So these men know these women are keeping them out of private spaces, which means they can't access the kids as well. So as a slur, these men call them TERFs, J.K. Rowling, has spoken up against these. So now she's a turf and she's received death threats. So these men will beat the hell out of women. As a matter of fact, when the We Spa thing happened, where this woman filmed it saying, what is this guy doing in the women's locker room? He's sitting there uh, fully nude with his right. dangling participle. There's little girls in there. Most of us are familiar with that. We saw the recording. Turned yeah. out he was a registered sex offender. Yep. Okay, so that's what it's all about, silencing anybody that's going to put limits on porn-fueled men. Right. And you know, okay, nine minutes, John. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to have you come back because there's too much. But what I will say, um, because I want to get this in here, too, um, because I know that you you know about this because we talked about it off off the show. Um, but I just heard about hypnotic pornography from Steve, Dr. Steve uh, Hassan or Hassan, uh, who's the cult expert. You know, he was talking about how hypnotic pornography, you know, these people are kids are watching it or people are watching mm-hmm. it. And this pornography, when they watch it, it convinces the people actually become the opposite gender. And then often they go into have surgery and then they come out all screwed up and then they want to die and kill themselves and all this other stuff. Um, and I was thinking about this because I had never heard about it. Cause I don't, you know, I mean, I, I know a lot of stuff, but that I hadn't heard of. Um, and so that's just another way the media, nobody talks about the pornography problem, that's you right. know, that's right. That's right. And, and I know that you know a little bit more about the hypnotic thing, but it, I just want you out there to, who are watching this to, to realize that there's so much that goes on with people you don't know. And if you like, I have a good friend whose kid has decided he wants to be a girl. And I'm like, my, one of my questions is, is has he been engaging with some of this pornography? Cause it, 100%, 100%. Cause, cause it's like hundred percent. Otherwise, I don't get it. But anyway, talk a little bit about that. We got like yeah. seven minutes. <laughs> there we go. Um, I want people to understand that without pornography, listen to my words very carefully because I'm going to choose them very carefully. Okay. Without pornography, its influence and those that are using it to shape and influence, we call that grooming, shape and influence the mind and emotions, really the psyche of a young person. So without pornography, without porn, its influence in those using it, such as in Soji sex ed, all this sex ed stuff, it's all pornographic. You're talking about fisting. You're talking about bisexuality. 
Hello? Okay, so without porn and its influence, you have no trans movement. Let me say it again. That means all these kids are being groomed, correct? Why? Because then it makes it easier to cross their sexual boundaries. And once you cross the kid's sexual boundary, now does it make sense when the kid says, I think I'm bi? I think I'm bisexual. I think by the time I was 10, I think I realized that I was bisexual, really prior to puberty. A young person says he thinks he was um, bisexual. Well, that kid has just told me somebody's perked on that kid prior to puberty. It's a grand scheme of sexual molestation. So hypno-sissy porn, I had never heard of. Things will end like you. Who knows of this stuff? There's only so much time in a day. But I work with sex offenders, but it still shows you they don't right. want certain things out. So I'm interviewing Alex Aaron of, uh, from the Gender Mapping Project. I have a, uh, a video. It's a three-part from that interview. It just expanded. So it's a three-part series called Understanding... Um, I'm sorry, unmasking the darkness of the transgender medicine or something like that. You'll see it has surgeons' pictures on it. I will be just a caveat here. Oh, yeah. If you follow John's stuff on YouTube and other places, to me, it's pornographic. So be very careful if you're very sensitive to that stuff, because I am very sensitive. Um, I know that you're you're steeped in that world, so you didn't see what I saw, but <laughs> it's just... Yeah, and that's a great caveat. You know, part of it is because I work with sex offenders that become maybe a little desensitized. As you say, pornographic, what I do is this. When I add post-production, really, photos and pictures, um, I never go anywhere except for Google search, which yeah. should awaken all of us because, you know, when you go onto Google and there's a little search, a little thing right in the middle, the search bar, and you type in stuff. Yeah. Can any kid do what I do? Yeah. I know. And that's, that's, right. I don't go anywhere on my computer, right. Other than Google. And then I go there to capture pictures. I have seen stuff. Okay. If I can see it, any child, any child can see it. That should concern us. There's stuff that I see that I would never post, but it's a simple Google search that won't even be screened out by yeah. the average protection kind of program that's out there okay so what i do then is take screenshots and i overlay to really enhance if if what alex is talking about all the kids are accessing it you know what we might as well get a glimpse of it because kids are being saturated in it right. so we need to be awakened to what these kids yeah so when she started talking about two things first of all the transgender medicine i show the surgery yeah, which that they me, call top surgeries. Even that stuff, I yeah, I'm not. My husband likes medical stuff. Yeah, like that, but but, me, but eh. no, well, right. But here's the yeah. thing: you have no trans movement without quote, quote unquote top surgery and bottom surgery. Right, we hear it all the time. Right, okay? but cults reframe the language. So the first thing I say is, don't call it top surgery and bottom surgery. You need to be accurate. Why? You need to give people full, fully informed information so they can have. Make an informed decision, informed consent. Are we trying to withhold information? And you're you're doing that, and and I do appreciate that. Um, I mean, I've often told people who who promote sodomy that they should have to watch it and see the damage. That's of course, and all that. But absolutely, not that I would advocate anybody really doing that. But you know, it's it's just so freaking deviant that and, right. and gross. And but anyway, go on. 
Well, I've never had one person after they watch what's being promoted, meaning you have no trans movement if you remove top and bottom surgery. It yeah. falls apart. So that's it's a feeder program into those procedures, okay? Well, if we're going to call it top and bottom surgery, and that's what the trans movement ultimately is all about, then let's look at what's being pushed on our kids. If we're promoting this, well, it's not top surgery, it's double mastectomy. It's not bottom surgery, it's oophorectomy, which is a hysterectomy, it's a complete hysterectomy or castration. Let's be precise. If we're going to sell this on kids, you give them the information, but now you lose the you lose the narrative. So they don't want to tell us what this is. So on the videos, I show this is what's being promoted. And I've never had one person come away saying, oh, I still think we ought to promote that. So it's very interesting once we see the truth. Right. And you know, what's interesting too, is that a number of years ago, I actually did research on the trans thing because I ended up going and speaking at a, a, um, a, a, it was a Christian school conference. I came and talked on the topic of homosexuality and that stuff. And I decided that I was going to focus on the transgender stuff. And I went to all these guys' blogs, right? And if you read all of the transgender guys' blogs, you'll see if you if you actually take time to read through these people. And I, I look through some of the really prominent ones. You'll see that most of them struggle with bipolar disorder or depression or schizophrenia or something. Um, but primarily those things. But they also talk about feeling like they're a monster, after, especially after the surgeries. And they'll have right. pictures that they've drawn or, you know, mirrors of themselves that are cracked. And I I remember reading, you know, when they were talking about, yeah, I had this, this you know, breast removed or whatever. And they compared themselves to women who had like cancer who had to have their breast removed and how it, it came, you know, like what an adjustment it was for those women to have to deal with it. And me being a woman and actually well endowed by my creator, I couldn't even imagine what my life, how I would look at myself if I had to have that happen to me. You know, even though when I was a kid, I totally hated this part of my body for everything you stated earlier. I was molested when I was a, a little child, you know? And so I, it's just, it's all there. But like you said, nobody wants to look at it. That's it's right. Just, That's right. And these, yeah. these kids have been sexually abused, these girls. And but so the now, the, oh, yeah. So the, the hypnotic sissy porn is primarily guys, primarily boys. So by the time they get into that, they've already been in pornography, young men. It changes the brain, and you risk creating sexual predators, by the way. Um, but the hypno sissy porn, and you'll see it on the film because Alex introduces a concept. And I said, What? She says, You've never heard of it? I said, No. So you're watching it live at least if you watch that interview, hypnosissy porn is this. It is what's called, I think it's M SMR or something. It's subliminal speaking. So it's the most bizarre stuff. I'd never heard it, but everybody knows about this stuff. So you have, and it's not just pornographic because they have this stuff. And the idea is this, you're listening to somebody whisper. It's a very weird thing, but it's hypnotic. And so you can go on and it, they have them also for sleep aids and different things. But you're listening to someone in front of a Yeti microphone or whatever on YouTube. They're talking very softly and you're having a difficult, you're going into a deeper and deeper sleep. 
Okay, so I've heard there are sleep aids, but it's this, I never would have thought of it. So people are listening to somebody's voice in a very low to almost a whisper. It becomes hypnotic. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Now you add deviant porn stuff and guess what the script sounds like? Oh yeah. And with the deviant stuff, now the script involves you're becoming a woman. Mm-hmm. And so what this stuff leads to is then sissy porn, where you have young boys now that are now dressing up as girls and guess who they're going to encounter. Yeah. Correct. It's setting these young men up to be anally raped by predators. Yeah. And they get into it further and further and it destroys them. And they're going to have to end up drugs and alcohol. It's just horrific. But it becomes deviant. And in that interview, I, uh, I then introduced the words of Ted Bundy, how he got into stuff and the BTK killer. And people need to understand, once you get into that level of pornified deviance, you're either becoming much more of a easy target. Um, think of Jeffrey Dahmer. He murdered all these young gay men. How did he get his hands on them? Met him in gay bars. They came home. They trusted him. So we are setting kids up to either become psychopathic sexual predators, because once a kid's mind, that's what happened to Ted Bundy and all these serial murders, or they're going to potentially be the victims of these predators. This is a public safety issue. We're setting very vulnerable kids up to being easy prey for predators. That's my greatest concern about the trans movement. And rightfully so, okay, and our time really is up, but I have to have you address just one other thing, and that is you started out talking about this by basically telling people that that kids kids basically have to learn to not trust their gut, right? Okay, so I know personally, because I had a mother that taught me exactly the opposite of what she should have taught me, and I know what it's like to have that, I'm not going to say the F word, but I'm just going to say. <laughs> All messed up. Yes. Uh, and I know what a, what a challenge it is to, to go, okay, you know, and, and it is really tied into that whole cult thing. So what would be your tips as far as in our society, you know, let's say a kid, you know, they, their gut is telling them, no, 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 this is wrong. But our society is so effed up that who do they go to, right? I mean, for me, the situ- my situation, Jesus came in and saved me. And I don't know that he, you know, is going to show up for other people the way he did me in my situation. But what's your advice? I mean. Yeah. yeah. If a young person finds themselves around somebody that is, as it were, leading them in a certain direction, because whether drug dealer or whoever, it's always going to start with a gateway drug gateway activity and then begin to progress okay if you have somebody so if you're a young person and you're listening to our interview right now if you have somebody that's leading you down what's called the primrose path starting to lead you into things that you're starting to get deeper into that you didn't think you would that person probably doesn't have your best interest in mind because here's one of the key things you want to look for if they're telling you to keep secrets you don't need to share this that they're starting to separate you from your parents, that's a huge red flag. 
who you probably want to trust is the people they're telling you, the, the person that's selling you something. The people they don't want you talking to, that's probably the people you need to talk to. And if in doubt, share what's going on. Okay. And tell everybody again where they can. There you go. Uh, My site is, there you go, is Survivor Support, all one word, no space, no no underscore, SurvivorSupport.net. And all my uh, information's on there, my bio a lot of posts about sexual predators, manipulators, sociopaths, psychopaths, and also dysfunctional family characteristics. It's on there as well, as well as my um, my podcast. And what is the best way our audience can keep you in prayer? Because I'm sure, I, I, honestly, it, I don't know. God obviously called you to this because there's no way that I could do it. I would just want to yeah. become evil. <laughs> uh, Stacey Lynn, thank you. Um, yeah, just discernment uh, because I'm being pulled in all sorts of, because there's so, so many facets, so much need out there. And uh, maybe discernment protection, that would, that would be great. All right. Well, thank you for being my guest. Um, and hopefully everybody, hopefully you all out there um, heard what we were saying here. And, and, and this, this episode will be on Rumble for sure, because who knows if this network you're watching on right now is going to ban it wouldn't surprise me at all so um uh so we will definitely have that up there and uh we'll be seeing you soon 